Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And here we go again. Hey, folks, and welcome to this Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope everyone's having a good weekend so far. Hope you are having a grand gay old time, if that's your thing. I know white boy Malcolm X and I have been having a a bit of a grand gay old time this weekend. Folks, we have been watching Ratchet on Netflix. And I have to say, folks, That is a pretty gay show, if I have to say so. Pretty gay. Man, I tell you what, you cannot swing a dead cat without hitting a cast member who is a member of our tribe. I know that High School Musical, the musical, the series, and yes, folks, that is the stupid name of that television show. I know that that is pretty gay. Star Trek Discovery, of course, folks, that is one of the gayest shows on television as well. That ship, folks, is the gayest ship in Starfleet. They only have, most shows, folks, most shows have a token queen or two floating about. Not Star Trek Discovery, though. No, not that show. Not that ship. Straight people, folks, they are the odd man out. They are the tokens on Star Trek Discovery. Those straight people, they got a couple of them running around in that cargo hold, but that's about it for that show. Everyone else on that show is either gay or lesbian or questioning or transgender or what have you. And now we've got Ratchet, which is pretty gay as well. It makes sense, though. The show is done by Ryan Murphy. He is a member of the tribe. He is a platinum member of the tribe. He's done, let me see, he's done American Horror Story. I think he did Glee. That was a horrible show, but that is a topic for a different day. He did Halston as well, which is also on Netflix. Speaking of gay, White Boy Malcolm X and I watched that one last weekend, but It's kind of funny when you think back to the Ricky Martin article we had, what, about a month or two ago, where Ricky Martin was complaining that he couldn't get acting jobs, and his theory about that was because he was a big old queen, he was a member of the tribe. Of course, I said, Ricky, it has absolutely nothing to do with you being a big old queen. You just can't act, dear. That is the reality. You're a pretty good singer, but you just can't act your way out of a paper bag. That's the reality, folks. I know sometimes people get butt hurt when they're faced with reality, but that is the truth. Because if being gay was an issue to getting an acting job, we would not have shows like Ratchet and High School Musical and Halston and American Horror Story and all these other shows with all these other members of the tribe acting their hearts out. But I digress because we have a show to do, and the last thing I want to do is discuss queens in television shows. Maybe later in the podcast, but who knows? Let's go ahead and jump in. And before we get started, White Boy Malcolm X, I forgot to ask you, sir, did you like the news headline section we did in the last podcast? You did? Okay, that's good. I'm glad you did, sir, because guess what? We're doing it again regardless. And if you folks are new to the podcast, 
We actually just rolled this out last week. I had a podcast I needed to get done very quickly. I had way too many stories. So I thought, let me just bullet point a couple of news headlines and go on from there. So I thought it worked out okay. So we're going to try it again. We'll keep doing it until I'm like, meh, let's try something else. So our first news headline is from Fast Company. We're your colleagues, not your mothers. And this article from Fast Company, folks, this is a diatribe about gender stereotypes and about how some women are forced in the workplace to take on maternal roles. And they talk about the office mothering effect and how it's an unfair burden that they must address, that this has got to stop. It's unfair to women. And as I'm reading this article, folks, I'm thinking of a couple different women that I've worked with in the past and how they loved that kind of role. They loved being the office moms. That made them happy. That gave them job satisfaction to be able to take care of everyone else. They relished that part of their job. That was the fun part of their job for them. They absolutely loved it. But I guess to the feminist women out there, those women that love to be the office mom, they are sellouts to feminism if they want to take care of all the other folks in the office. You know what kind of women write these kind of articles where they complain about gender stereotypes and they complain about workplace pressure that is put on them to act in a maternal manner? The women who complain about that I am willing to bet 10 bucks, white boy Malcolm X, the women who are complaining about that are millennial or Gen Z women who are married to or are dating some dopey millennial Gen Z guy. And her whole life outside of work is picking up after this idiot just like his mommy used to do. She has to do his laundry. She has to do his dishes. She has to cook him all his meals. What does he do all day when she's running around keeping up the household? He's sitting his dopey ass on the sofa watching football or playing video games with his buddies. That is what he is doing, so she has to do all the adulting in the apartment. That is the type of women, folks, and I don't blame them. Let's be frank about it. I do not blame these women for saying, you know what? I deal with this crap at home. I deal with this stupid dope at home. The last thing I want to do is come into the office and do that again for a bunch of other stupid, dopey, millennial Gen Z guys. Not something I'm interested in. So you millennial Gen Z chicks, crying and complaining about workplace pressures, about having to take on maternal roles. Don't you worry about it, dear. I have no doubt there's a Gen X or a baby boomer woman in the office. Hopefully, if you're smart enough, you'd hire one. She can take care of things to allow you to do your job and focus on that moron you got at home. From the post-millennial, how's this one, white boy Malcolm X? Michael Avenetti weeps in court as he's sentenced to 2.5 years in prison for extortion. Yes, folks, the same Michael Avenetti. He was hanging out with that hooker, Stormy Daniels, or she's a stripper. I don't know. She's in some sort of adult entertainment, something like that. But he got busted, folks, for trying to extort Nike. Nike is about as woke as you can get. They don't play. So the last thing you should be doing is going after a woke company. They're not going to put up with it. But it looks like Michael Avenetti is going to jail And he cried about it. I have to say, folks, I knew when they were fetting him on CNN and MSNBC. I knew when they were masturbating to the idea of having him on their shows. I knew then and there, folks, that he was a pansy boy. He was a little baby boy who would cry over having to go to jail. He liked to act all tough. Oh, I'm Michael Avenitti. 
I'm so tough. I'm going to get that evil orange man, Donald Trump. I'm going to get him good. Mr. Tough Man, Michael Avenetti, out to get Donald Trump. He decides, folks, he decides to extort Nike for a couple million dollars. But the tough guy, folks, not so tough when faced with two and a half years in prison. I wonder, white boy Malcolm X, if he cried just like an hysterical millennial Gen Z chick shedding those white women's tears. Abu, Abu, social injustice. Oh, please don't lock me in jail for trying to extort Nike. Abu. Thoughts, sir? Spot on. Okay. Of course I'm spot on. I knew, like I said, I knew when they were fetting him on CNN and MSNBC with those hack anchors and anchorettes. I knew then and there that he was a bit of a pansy boy. So him crying his white women's tears in court about having to go to jail and be some other guy's bitch for two and a half years, that one was an easy one to call. From NPR, the U.S. will add a third gender option on passports. So Michaela Kumo Kennedy or Michaela Kennedy Kumo, I can't remember which of those names goes in what order, but She and her friends in her liberal bubble, and we had that on a recent podcast, she and her friends in their liberal bubble, they can even feel more special now that they can update their passports with the third gender option. And if you folks don't know what I'm talking about, number one, you should listen to more of my podcast. Number two, Michaela, she was yapping on, yap, 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 yap. She was yapping on about all her friends in her liberal bubble. None of them wanted to be straight, They all had to have some sort of special identity. Oh, my sexual orientation is this. Oh, my gender identity is that. Oh, my special pronouns are zz or za. Nobody wanted to be just a plain old heterosexual. That was boring. That was horrible. They all wanted to be super special. So now they can be super special on their passports. From Fox News, ATF, and folks, ATF is the American Federation of Teachers, ATF head Randy Weingarten makes over $560,000 per year, nine times average teacher salary, records show. Well, look who came to do good and has done very, very well indeed. How many do you think, folks, how many of these idiot liberal woke teachers do you think are offended about where their dues go? That this chick, Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, that she makes Nine times what they make on average. $560,000 per year. How many do you think are offended by this? None. Practically none. Or very few. Maybe one or two. But they'll, they'll throw them out at some point if they catch them. Running one of these unions, folks, that has been huge bank since the days of Jimmy Hoffa. Why teach and make paltry money when you can run some stupid union repping teachers and make $560,000 a year. And it's amazing to me how many people in these unions keep shoveling in money to make people like Randy Weingarten really, 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 really rich, all on the hope that they might get a 3 or 4% salary increase the next year, which, of course, the union takes their cut of as well. So you folks over at the American Federation of Teachers, enjoy your paltry teaching salaries, knowing that Randy Weingarten is making huge bank off of all your work. This next one is from Hot Air. Twitter blocks account of foreign policy expert that mocks Xi Jinping. Two quick thoughts on that. Number one, welcome to the club. 
all the cool kids have been thrown off Twitter at one point or another. But now, folks, I'm kind of embarrassed. I have to admit this. I'm a bit embarrassed that I got tossed off of Twitter for calling that loser over at CNN. And yes, folks, there are a lot of losers over at CNN. But I got tossed for calling Jake Tapper an hysterical drama queen. Yes, I did do that a couple of times, but that is what got me tossed off of Twitter, calling that loser over at CNN, Jake Tapper, an hysterical drama queen. Like I said, it's embarrassing. It's not like I got tossed off of that platform for insulting someone with some heft. No, I got thrown off of Twitter for making fun of some stupid pansy boy in the media. This guy, at least, he got thrown off the platform for insulting Xi Jinping, the dictator of China. I kind of want to do over White Boy Malcolm X. I don't mind getting thrown off of Twitter, folks. Don't get me wrong. But I want to get thrown off of Twitter for making fun of someone with some heft. Maybe I can create a fake account on Twitter, sneak onto Twitter, and mock Xi Jinping myself. Or, or folks, I can make fun of that Ayatollah over in Iran. Those Ayatollahs, they love to threaten to kill Jews on Twitter. Now, Jack Dorsey, they won't throw them off of Twitter for threatening to kill millions of Jews, threatening to exterminate Israel off the map. Jack Dorsey and his army of virgin pajama boys, they love, they love that sort of stuff on their platform. You call Jake Tapper an hysterical drama queen, boom, you're done. So I'm thinking, white boy Malcolm X, I'm thinking, sneak on, make fun of an Ayatollah or two, make fun of Xi Jinping, get thrown off of Twitter for mocking one of these hideous despots that Jack Dorsey and his army of virgin pajama boys seem to protect. That would be a bigger badge of honor than having to say, oh, crap, I got thrown off over that stupid idiot, Jake Tapper. But folks, don't tell Jack Dorsey I'm thinking about doing that. Don't want him knowing before I sneak onto his platform. And for our last news headline, folks, this is from the Boston Globe. After New England pilot, McDonald's launches first loyalty program. So all you folks loving those Big Macs, loving those Egg McMuffins, loving those McRib sandwiches, you folks can earn, I don't know what they're doing, points, dollars, what have you. You can earn free food over at McDonald's. This, of course, begs the question. Remember, folks, during the Obama years, Michelle Obama, one of the most oppressed black folks in the country, this poor woman out on Martha's Vineyard, she has to suffer through white supremacy out there on Martha's Vineyard. She's out there, folks, with her kids and the Secret Service. Some snooty white woman cut her off in line at the ice cream stand, got in front of Michelle, and poor Michelle Obama, with her kids and the Secret Service and everything else, had to suffer the indignity of that form of white supremacy that this snooty white, I suspect liberal, on Martha's Vineyard cut her off in line at the ice cream stand. Poor Michelle Obama. But I digress about poor Michelle Obama and the indignities of having to live out on Martha's Vineyard. But Michelle Obama used to run around and complain about food deserts in the BIPOC communities. They were kind of butthurt, folks, that the only food options, apparently, in BIPOC communities were 7-Elevens and McDonald's and Burger King, fast food joints, and any other place that sold crappy food. Michelle went on and on and on and on about how there were no places like Whole Foods where the BIPOC folk, they could go and get their organic arugula and all the other stuff that all the snooty white liberals in my neighborhood, they like to go to Whole Foods for. 
They trashed places like McDonald's for years, folks. And what do you think McDonald's did? They bided their time. They took the public spankings for serving crappy food. I mean, they came out with some salads and some other healthy crap. No one ever bought it, I suspect, but they just waited, folks, until they could craft the perfect loyalty program to keep people coming back and eating their crappy food. Which to me says, Michelle, you don't like us? In your face! How's this? A loyalty program to keep the BIPOC folks coming back for more. I would just say to you folks over at McDonald's, I hope that Michelle Obama does not keep an enemies list like Queen Kamala. Because if she does, you folks over at McDonald's, you are in for a world of hurt at some point. Okay, now that our news headlines are over, it's time to turn to our news quick hits. And this first one, folks, this is from Adi. Junkie P is turning trout into meth heads. Uh-oh, meth junkie trout. Let's find out more. Here are some poll quotes. A new study published in the Journal of Experimental Biology, has found out that fish can become addicted to methamphetamines. Kind of like my ex. And they don't need to get their fix from CD dealers behind a gas station. So maybe, not exactly like my ex, they're literally swimming around in their drug of choice. Our results suggest that emissions of illicit drugs into freshwater ecosystems causes addiction in fish and modifies habitat preferences, the researchers, led by Pavel Horky, a behavioral ecologist from the Czech University of Life Sciences in Prague, write. And if you folks were out there going, man, Miller, junky fish, that's kind of crazy. Yes, folks, I totally agree. But guess what? Junky trout, that is just the beginning. Here's one more poll quote for you. UK researchers have found shrimp with traces of cocaine in their systems. Meanwhile, in the Puget Sound in the U.S., mussels have started testing positive for opioids like Oxycontin and antidepressants. Just makes me want to run to Whole Foods and pick up some fish. Mmm, <laughs> tasty, tasty crystal meth. So you folks enjoy the free drugs next time you order trout, shrimp, or mussels at your local restaurant. From CNBC, and I warned you folks, COVID Karen was not going to go silently into that good night. No, she is not going to go back to being a regular old low-rank Karen willingly. She is going to hold on to COVID as long as she can. How is this headline? Americans will need to mask indoors as U.S. heads for dangerous fall with surge in Delta COVID cases. Uh-oh, folks. Back to the good old days of masking and social distancing. Here are some poll quotes to find out more. As the highly transmittable Delta COVID variant continues to spread rapidly across the United States and elsewhere around the world, scientists and other health experts are warning that indoor mask mandates and other public health measures will likely make a return in the U.S. this fall. The country which just celebrated the 4th of July with some of its first large gatherings in more than a year, is headed towards a dangerous fall season when Delta is expected to cause another surge in new coronavirus cases, health experts say. Already the dominant variant in the U.S., Delta will hit the states with the lowest vaccination rates the hardest, unless those states and businesses reintroduce mass rules, capacity limits, and other public health measures that they've largely rolled back in recent months, experts say. And if you folks thought 
that COVID Karen was already masturbating to that piece of good news. Well, I mean, good news to her. If you thought she was already doing that, folks, I got something that is going to send COVID Karen into an orgasmal bliss. With new mutations discovered every few weeks, many scientists now predict that COVID will continue circulating around the world for at least the next two to three years, requiring nations to reinstitute public health measures on an ad hoc basis for the foreseeable future. Like I said on our Wednesday podcast, folks, when the Delta variant's gone and we got the Gamma variant and the Zeta variant and all the other Greek alphabet variants, COVID Karen and all those that follow the science that always seems to involve controlling us to the maximum extent possible, those folks are going to be masturbating to the idea that they can keep everyone locked down, everything shut down, everyone socially distanced, everyone wearing masks. No one can hug granny or grandpa. They live, folks, for that level of control in our lives, and they are not going to give that up willingly. COVID Karen and her pals are going to keep this up as long as they think they can get away with it. And they probably can get away with it in places like California and New York. And everyone else? They're just going to pack their bags and move to Florida, where life continues on, freedom continues on, and COVID Karen and her pals are not welcome. From Vice News, so, so angry, reporters who survived the Capitol riot are still struggling. And you clowns over at Vice News, you are screwing up the narrative. It wasn't a Capitol riot. It was an insurrection. They were trying, even though, folks, even though nobody showed up with any guns, they were trying to overthrow the federal government. That is the media narrative. So you idiots over at Vice News are screwing that up with that headline. But let's find out more. Here are some poll quotes. Reporters have discussed their personal experiences in the days immediately following the Capitol insurrection but few have publicly talked about the lasting effects in the months since, the toll that day took on them, the difficulty some have faced in returning to a site where they experienced trauma, and what it's been like covering a Congress still deeply divided on the events of that day. And here, folks, is where you break out the violins. And the emotional scars are still there. Six months after their office was attacked, the Capitol Hill Press Corps is grappling with how to cover the insurrection's fallout as well as its impact on them personally and professionally. Some reporters who were there won't go back into the building. A number have sought therapy to deal with the trauma. One longtime Capitol Hill reporter opted for early retirement shortly after living through the riot. Many still aren't sleeping well. Leave it to the media, the mainstream media, to make that event all about them. I guess, now that I think about it, Congress has had their turn playing victim, so I guess now it's the media's turn, these frail, hysterical drama queens. Now it's their turn, folks. Now they get to carry on. They get to complain about how horrible the day was. They get to complain about how horribly impacted they were. Oh, I'm so traumatized. Oh, I had to kvetch to my therapist twice last week, not just the normal ones. Oh, it was so horrible. Who was it, white boy Malcolm X? I think it was AOC, but don't quote me on that, folks. One of those dopey chicks in the squad, they were not even in the Capitol building, folks. They were in one of those congressional buildings down the street. They were nowhere near the action. But whoever it was carried on like a typical dopey millennial drama queen. Oh, it was so horrible. 
They acted like they were front and center in the action, like they were being chased down by those evil rioters. That creepy shaman was chasing her down, out to get her. But she wasn't even in the building when all of that was going on. It reminds me a little bit of 9-11, about how people carried on just because they were in New York or just because they were in an airplane. Oh, it's so horrible. I was flying that day. It could have been me. They could have hijacked my plane. Or some idiot. Oh, I was in New York. I'm lucky to be alive. Where were you when the planes hit the towers? Oh, I was over in Queens. But they could have attacked Queens just as easily. That's what I picture these idiot reporters doing. Kvetching about something just to play the victim, just to make the story all about them. Those people in D.C., you want to talk about narcissistic. I bet you most of those folks in D.C. have a mirror above their bed so they can masturbate to themselves. And for the life of me, I have absolutely no idea who is more vain, those feckless idiots in Congress or those dopey, hysterical drama queen reporters who cover them. So you kids in Washington, D.C., you have yourselves a grand gay old time playing victim. Oh, it was so horrible. Oh, I was so personally affected. Have fun with that. Have fun in your stupid little bubble, crying and kvetching at your next Georgetown cocktail party about how horrible everything is as the world revolves around you. This next one is from Political Insider. BLM chapter declares anyone flying American flag is racist. Uh Uh-oh, more racism. Let's find out more about that. Here are some poll quotes. Black Lives Matter Utah chapter is claiming that the American flag is a symbol of hatred and is condemning anyone who chooses to fly it. The group made their declaration in a Facebook post on Wednesday. The post stated, when we black Americans see this flag, we know the person flying it is not safe to be around. When we see this flag, we know the person flying it is a racist, the post continued. When we see this flag, we know that the person flying it lives in a different America than we do. When we see this flag, we question your intelligence, the group said. We know to avoid you. White boy Malcolm X, you are fake black, sir, so you may know the answer to this question. There are black people in Utah? A couple? (laughs) I was about to say, folks, a BLM chapter in Utah? What the hell is that about? I had no idea that the five black people who live in Utah all got together and formed themselves a BLM chapter. And for the life of me, folks, I cannot figure out why this is news. Those folks over at BLM, when they are not going around shopping for new houses, yes, Patrice Conkoolers, I am talking to you, when those good woke folk over at BLM are not enriching themselves off all those good woke corporate donations, they call pretty much everything racist these days. So I don't know for the life of me why this is even news. For Christmas sake, we just had folks on our Wednesday podcast, we had a story about how rotundas were racist. If a rotunda can be racist, folks, why can't a flag be as well? What won't these folks call racist at one point or another? So you folks, you BLM folks in Utah, the five of you huddled up in fear, surrounded by Whitey up in Utah, you folks have fun calling everything that happens to catch your eye racist. And for our last news quick hit, folks, this is from page six, which is the New York Post gossip page. Madonna supports Britney Spears. Slavery was abolished 
so long ago. Madonna's back, white boy Malcolm X. Madonna is back in the news. Here are some poll quotes. Madonna expressed her support for Britney Spears Thursday in an emotional statement on her Instagram story decrying her fellow pop star's conservatorship and calling for her freedom. Give this woman her life back, Madonna began. Slavery was abolished so long ago. Death to the greedy patriarchy that has been doing this to women for centuries. This is a violation of human rights. Brittany, we coming to get you out of jail. Madonna is on Instagram, white boy Malcolm X. Did you know that, sir? Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> Bless her heart. Bless your heart, Madonna. Getting on Instagram to inject yourself into the latest drama to keep your name out there. Can you see her on Instagram, white boy Malcolm X? What is she, like 60-something years old at this point? Grandma is on Instagram. <laughs> oh, I want to be relevant again. Oh, I'm going to fight for Britney. <laughs> Madonna, bless your heart, dear for putting yourself in the middle of this dumpster fire just to get your name out there once more. I kind of feel bad for Madonna, white boy Malcolm X. I do. Yes, I do. I kind of feel bad for her in the sense. I mean, she is in her 60s, and she is going on to Instagram like some stupid, dopey, millennial Gen Z type chick, crying her version of white women's tears, let's free Britney, crying her white women's tears to say, hey, look at me, look at me, I'm Madonna, I'm still relevant. To me, it just, I don't know, it comes off as just an act of desperation to keep your name out there. There's something to be said about going out on top, about calling it a day when the time is ripe. Like Kenny Rogers said in The Gambler, Knowing when to fold them and knowing when to hold them. Madonna is desperately clinging to those cards and she should have folded about a decade ago. Okay, folks, now that our news quick hits are over, it is time to jump into our news pile. And white boy Malcolm X, gays at the front, smoking gunners at the back. No woke. I had enough woke with those blooming idiots in Utah at that BLM chapter the five angry black people who live in Utah, that was enough woke for me calling the American flag racist. So gay, smoking gun. And, as an added bonus, sir, smoking gun is gay too. So there's a lot of gay going on, folks, in our news stories today. So let's go ahead and jump in. And this first one is from those girls over at Pink News. Gossip Girl star had never kissed a man before playing pansexual character. It was liberating. Wasn't Gossip Girl on the HBO Max when we were flipping around with that the other day? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, folks, I have HBO Max, and I guess this Gossip Girl reboot is on HBO Max. I never watched the first Gossip Girl, but apparently, folks, apparently they had to redo it all over again, this time with members of the tribe, one of whom is pansexual. What is a pansexual? A pansexual, folks, is just a snooty bisexual. Same damn thing, a distinction without difference. But let's go ahead and find out more about this dopey actor playing a pansexual character. Gossip Girl star Thomas Dougherty has revealed that he never kissed a man before playing a pansexual character 
on the HBO Max reboot. So yes, folks, we have yet another gay-for-pay actor out there, this time Thomas Dougherty. I would have thought, though, White Boom Malcolm X, given our stories on Michaela Kennedy Kumo or Michaela Kumo Kennedy, however the hell she arranges those names, she was talking about, folks, all her good, woke friends. None of them want to be straight anymore. They all want to be some sort of special with funky pronouns or their special gender identity or their special sexual orientation because that's how they roll in those liberal bubbles these days. They all got to be special, even though they're all doing the exact same thing. But I would have figured Thomas Dougherty, a Hollywood actor, he would also be in some sort of liberal bubble where being straight was just kind of passe. I figured he would have been kissing a man long before this, but I guess not, not until HBO Max handed him a paycheck. Dougherty plays Max Wolf, a pansexual teen who is seemingly in a love triangle with two other characters in the series. The Scottish actor opened up to Variety about what it was like to play an openly pansexual character. I'll tell you what it was like, folks. What is a pansexual? It's a snooty bisexual. What is a bisexual? The laziest members of our tribe. Why are they the laziest members of our tribe? Because they will do anyone. So if you want to know what it's like to play an openly pansexual character, it's just being a snooty version of a lazy bisexual. But I digress. Let's pick that back up. The Scottish actor opened up to Variety about what it was like to play an openly pansexual character and locking lips with another man for the first time. He said portraying a queer character in Gossip Girl was definitely interesting, and it even made him question how he was raised. Jesus Christmas, God. (laughs) Oh, mercy, mercy me. Let's find out how it made him question how he was raised. Obviously, my character Max is pansexual, or a lazy bisexual, just snooty. And for me, it's always amazing when you can play a part to see what you can kind of draw from that and what you can compare it with in your own life, your own beliefs, Dougherty explained. He continued. Of course he did. And it definitely did make me question how I was brought up and have been conditioned to think in terms of gender and gender identity and sexual preferences stuff. That kind of threw that all up in the air, and it was kind of very liberating. It's been an amazing experience for me, definitely. White boy Malcolm X. Question, sir, before I continue with his yapping. Yap, 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 yap. No, I take that back. I think he's actually done yapping, but what the hell do you think, White Boy Malcolm X? What is this kid smoking? And don't answer that. It was rhetorical. Here is yet another one crying and complaining about the hetero supremacy force feeding people the straight lifestyle. Really? And that's why, folks, I think he is smoking something. The last thing out there, folks. And he's not the only one who's done that. Thomas Dougherty is not the first person to complain about the heterosupremacy force-feeding folks the heterosexual lifestyle. If anything is suppressed, it's thinking about being straight. In all the cool liberal bubbles, folks, being straight, like I said earlier, is kind of passe. You got to have funky pronouns, your very own gender identity, your very own sexual orientation. Being straight, nobody wants to admit they're straight these days. So for them to appear woke with the LGBTQ plus tribe, they will come out as a lazy bisexual. That's a pretty easy box to check. That is an extremely low bar to hit. When you will do anyone, there isn't a lot of work involved. 
That is why I call them lazy bisexuals. The reason the state of Illinois is putting tampon boxes in boys' bathrooms in elementary school isn't because of the heterosupremacy, force-feeding the heterosexual lifestyle down people's throats. They're doing it, folks, because kids these days, if they come out at 6 or 8 or 10 or 12 and say, you know what, my name is Tommy, but actually I'm a Susie, everyone is just supposed to genuflect and say, okay, yes, ma'am, yes, little lady, you are Susie from now on. And if your parents give you any grief, let us know. We will show them just how mean the woke folk can be. We've had a couple of different stories about people wanting to teach six and eight-year-old kids about gender identity and sexual orientation. If anything is being taught in schools these days, it sure as hell has nothing to do with being heterosexual. It has to do with making sure that everyone knows all their options from a very young age, so that way your kid can be a complete pain in the ass to you, come out with all sorts of different funky pronouns and sexual orientations and gender identities, and you as the parent... You're not allowed to say no to anything. You're not allowed to question it whatsoever. And like I said on previous podcasts, there are a couple different reasons why this is going on. You've got social media pushing a lot of this stuff. You've got peer pressure pushing some of this stuff. You've got a lot of kids out there these days that are looking for new and inventive ways to differentiate themselves from the crowd. Like I said on Wednesday's podcast, talking about Michaela Kennedy Kumo, Michaela Kumo Kennedy, whatever the hell her name is, talking about her group. They all go out there wanting to do something different, be something different from everyone else. But what they do is they wind up being dead center in the middle of a flock of sheep, all doing the exact same thing. So Thomas Dougherty can sit there and complain that he was never exposed to any of this stuff until he showed up on the set of Gossip Girl, where he was a lazy bisexual, a snooty pansexual, and he is talking about how amazing it is to find out all this stuff on the set of Gossip Girl. I hate to be a cynic, folks, but something tells me that Thomas Dougherty, to appear woke and down for the LGBTQ plus struggle, he is yapping on about this stuff. Yap, 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 yap. To please a lot of people, he thinks he needs to please. Okay, Thomas, bless your heart if you think you need to do that. And before we wrap up with this, folks, here is a little bit more from Pink News. Fans have been excited for the Gossip Girl reboot since it was first announced in 2019. I suspect, folks, that a large contingent of these fans counting down to the Gossip Girl reboot are nothing more than a bunch of virgin, woke pajama boys living in their parents' basement, eyeing up that sex doll, playing with themselves, their Pokemon cards, their Playstations, reading comic books, not adulting, freaking out their parents, freaking out the neighbors. I suspect they all got a little bit of tingling in their nether regions when this thing was announced a couple years ago. They were all a flutter after the first trailer for the series dropped. I bet they were, and introduced the world to a plethora of queer characters. In the teaser, Dougherty's character, again folks, a snooty bisexual, can be seen passionately kissing another character, Akino Aki Menzies, played by Evan Mock. Later in the trailer, Max and Aki can be seen staring at each other as they stand shirtless in someone's house. The host of LGBT plus characters is a welcomed addition to the Gossip Girl universe. For those folks living in their parents' basement, eyeing up that sex doll, playing with themselves, their Pokemon cards, their Playstations, freaking out their parents, freaking out the neighbors, all that fun stuff, to those folks with no lives, that I bet was a welcomed addition.
Many fans even joked that they would be watching the new series just because of Max and Aki. And if you folks want to know what kind of fans would be watching the series because of those two, I suspect, folks, I suspect it's Kevin Spacey and the rest of the Chicken Hawk Club in the LGBTQ plus tribe. Can you see those queens, White Boy Malcolm X, those old queens like Kevin Spacey, love the young ones going, oh, I just cannot wait to watch Max and Aki kiss. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Oh, I just love watching young men do that. Oh, either them or high school teachers. One of the two, probably both, watching those two young men make out, whatever. So you folks whose world centers on a Gossip Girl reboot, you folks, first off, bless your hearts. If this is what you live and breathe for, bless your heart six ways to Sunday, but you folks have fun with this latest parade of queer characters on another stupid television show. Me, I think it's boring already, but hey, if it makes you happy, it floats your boat, more power to you. Okay, folks, it is time for our last story. Yes, it is a smoking gun story. Yes, it is a Florida story. Yes, it is a gay Florida smoking gun story. And how is this headline? Naked old guys arrested for public tryst. Uh-oh, two old queens going at it in public. Let's find out more. If you need further proof that Florida has emerged from the pandemic doldrums, two nude old guys were arrested Wednesday evening after police spotted them having sex in public, records show. According to an arrest report, a St. Petersburg cop, bless their hearts, God, those poor cops in St. Petersburg having to of all the indignities that they have to put up with, and let's face it, folks, any cop in the state of Florida has to put up with a huge amount of human train wrecks every single day on the job. But this poor cop, they had to catch two old queens going at it. That is something, folks, that is something you will never, ever, ever be able to unsee. But let's pick that back up again. According to an arrest report, a poor beleaguered St. Petersburg cop caught Daniel McCleary, 60, and Donald Enstrom, 59, engaged in sexual acts while completely naked and in public view. The duo was collared around 10.25 p.m. in the vicinity of a small park. After the pair was arrested, Engstrom reportedly admitted that they were in fact having sex, Officer Zachary Lamour reported. Zachary, again, bless your heart. I feel really bad for you, sir. That is probably going to trigger a little bit of PTSD, so good luck working through that. McCleary and Engstrom were arrested for indecent exposure and booked into the county jail on the, of course, misdemeanor charge. Both men were released yesterday on their own recognizance. The report notes that an indication of alcohol influence was detected by the arresting officer. While Engstrom's rap sheet includes a sole DWI conviction, McClary has an extensive criminal history with convictions for, I hope you're sitting down, this is going to take a while, battery, resisting arrest, burglary, theft, domestic battery, battery on a law enforcement officer, cocaine possession, trespassing, drunk driving, disorderly conduct, probation violation, and finally, leaving the scene of an accident. Jesus Christmas, when does this guy even have the time to get buck naked with another man in a park and fool around? It's like that high school teacher and that kid sending each other tens of thousands of texts. I asked, when did they even have time to have sex? But this one, I guess he thought he would get lucky between breaking the law 
having a couple more misdemeanors on his rap sheet. And now that I think about it, I know who, Donald Enstrom, I know who likes to fool around with the local bad boy. (laughs) Poor Donald Enstrom gets himself one DUI, but he likes to screw around with the bad boy in the local park. (laughs) Bless both your hearts and bless your heart again, Officer Zachary Lamore, for having to see these two buck naked in the act fooling around. And no, White Boy Malcolm X, no, I am not doing a reenactment of these two geezers having sex in a park. Not going to happen, sir. So on that note, since I cannot top these two idiots fooling around in public in St. Petersburg, torturing that poor Popo with that visual, he will never, ever, ever, ever get out of his mind. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into this Sunday podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. On a quick programming note, we will not be here this Wednesday. I am out of town yet again, but I will certainly be back in time for next weekend's podcast. So have a great rest of your weekend, a great start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime... Take care. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.